Delilah. That's the best I can sing. That's, That's it. Uh, it's you it. don't it. even want to hear I, me sing it. Come on. Yeah, no. Yeah. But those great pipes that you have. Yeah, I, I have great uh, pipes when it comes to speaking right. on the radio or even off the air. You know, when I'm doing public speaking, my voice carries like 10 times further than the, the next person. But unfortunately, when it comes to singing, it it doesn't carry a tune. It just carries. <laughs> so On and on and, and on. on. Yeah. When I was in high school, Robin, I had a, a choir teacher, Mr. C, Mr. Callison, who had survived Viet- the Vietnam War mm. and had artificial knees as a result. And he came up to me in the hall one day and he said, Delilah, did you paint that mural in the senior hall. I said, yes, I did. He goes, that's amazing. That's wonderful. He goes, have you ever thought of taking a painting class? And I said, well, no, Mr. C, because art with Miss Bugner is only offered the same time choir is offered. (laughs) So I couldn't do that. He goes, oh, but you could. Really, That that was very subtle. Yeah. yeah. And I still, Robin, was not picking up what he was throwing down. So I, you know, I proceeded to tell him how much I enjoyed him as a Mm -hmm. teacher. And he said, well, here's the thing. Your voice carries so far, and you are making everyone around you go off key. Because <laughs> you can perform in the Christmas choir concert if you promise to lip sync. To lip sync? To lip sync. To do a Millie Vanilli? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You, Delilah? I know. I was like, oh. I think things have worked out well. Yeah. yeah with your voice. Okay. I think you've yeah. used your, and you have used your voice. I have uh, in, used my voice, In yes. many, many ways. Has she ever a voice that you will hear all about today? And what it took for this self-proclaimed queen of sappy love songs to rule nighttime radio. Feel it in your heart Feel it in your soul Everybody's got a little something Something that makes them feel gold Hey there, I'm Robin Roberts, and this is my podcast, Everybody's Got Something. And today, if you haven't guessed already, my guest is... Okay, so as you heard, my guest today is Delilah Renee Luke, but she goes just by her first name, Delilah. I love singing that. And this superstar DJ gets more than 50,000 calls a night. You want to hear that again? 50,000. Obviously, not everyone gets through, but when they do, well, it's really something for the caller and for us folks listening in. But don't take my word for it. Here's a snippet from her show. Emma, what can I do for you? Well, I wanted to tell you about this boy. (laughs) Um, His name is Matt, and he's my best guy friend. And I'm kind of having like this massive crush all over him. (laughs) So the thing is, it's not just stories of newfound love or heartbreak. Hi, Donna. Hi, I want to know if you could play a song for my two beautiful daughters. And what do you want to tell them? I want to tell them that I love them very much, and they will be home soon. Me and their dad are going through a big custody battle, and they're with him, and they want to come home really bad. And I just want them to know that I love them with all my heart. Okay, how bad does your heart hurt missing your kids? It hurts really bad because... Does it hurt bad enough to swallow your anger and swallow your pride and swallow the fact that you have probably been wronged? 
and find a way to stop fighting with him and his girlfriend for your kid's sake? Yes, I need to do that. In other words, Delilah responds to anyone about anything. And the sweet cherry on top? She pairs her advice with songs to help you get through the night. Let me find a song for you. Thank you so much, Delilah. Bye-bye, sweetie. Cause you're a sky, cause you're a sky full of stars. This is a woman with intuition and compassion who's been doling out wisdom for more than 30 years. And since she's just so spot on about, well, everything, instead of my usual introduction about why I created this podcast, I'm going to let you hear an exchange we had when Delilah explained it to me. Because you are such a pro, I can get right to it. Usually I have to warm people up and then tell them the purpose of all this. But I'm going to start from that point. Everybody's got something. You know, this is the reason for this podcast. And I know why you chose that theme. When you were battling your issues, that was what your mama told you. And it's true. It is true. It is true. And everybody's got something, something to overcome, something to face, something to motivate and... And uh, shape them. Yeah. Make them who they are. The the tables are turned a little bit here, my friend, because usually... You're on the other I'm, end. I'm in the hot seat the position, now. The, the, the position of, <laughs> of, of power. What is your something, Delilah? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, in addition to being born with a show-off gene, I was born with a very strong will. And when I was young, a young child, that worked out pretty well. But then when I hit puberty and started, you know, changing and wanting to express myself. My father, who was a control freak, could not handle that. Mm. You know, the first probably 10, 12 years of my life, he loved the fact that, you know, I was a great student and I showed off academically. But when I hit 12, 13, 14 and started coming into who I am, he could not handle that. And because he and my mother had such a dysfunctional marriage, I became her confidant. And she would tell me horrible things about my father. Things that no child should hear. No child should hear. And she told me terrible things that she was doing out of her pain, out of her loneliness. She was making really bad choices. But she would tell me these things And then I had to face my father and act like I didn't know anything Mm. that was going on. And it was the secrets, you know, those secrets are poisonous. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, I was leading two completely different lives. You know, I would go home and in front of my father, I would behave one way and uh, just to try to keep the peace and... And we just kept growing further and further and further apart. And then, as as I've shared with you, um, last time we met, uh, when I was a young woman, I married a black man. And um, so he disowned me. And Your father did. He did it. Uh, I don't think when he made that choice, he realized the ramifications. But my dad was the kind of dad that or kind of person that once he set his foot down or said something, he did not have the ability to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm. I'm, I'm really, I really, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And so he, you know, he set his face, he crossed his arm. He said to me, you're dead. And me being the kind of person I was, I wanted to win him back. I wanted to right, prove right. I was good enough. I wanted to, 
I wanted to earn that a stamp of approval. So I did everything to say, please love me, please. Mm, mm, And uh, so I determined that I was going to be on the radio every place he went for the rest of his life. (laughs) And that pretty much has happened. You You can't get away from me. No, about 8.8 million people listening every week. You know what was so funny? I remember the first time I heard you, I thought you were in my town. I didn't realize I wasn't, you know, sophisticated enough to know that about syndication. And then I remember traveling. I'm like, what? What did she? Wait a minute! Wait, what did Delilah move to Timbuktu? Wait a minute! She's in Hartford. She's not supposed supposed to be here. But it's amazing how things work out. And because that shaped you, informed you, your honesty. When people call in, man. Well, when one of the beautiful things, uh, one of the beautiful gifts that has come out of that. is the fact that when you call me, there's very little you can shock me with. (laughs) I mean, I have two grown children that I adopted out of the foster care system that have spent time in jail. Uh, You know, one of them got kicked out of school for dealing weed. There's nothing you're going to call me and say (laughs) to me that I'm going to go, oh, my gosh, I don't know how you deal with that. You've experienced it yourself. Yeah, you know, or if you call me and say, oh, my God, the person I love, they're cheating on me and I'm getting a divorce. I'm like, well, welcome to the club. You will get over this, honey. As as you have. Yeah. I promise you. It's happened a few times. You will get over this, yeah. Uh, But but see, this is what's so great because I think sometimes people misunderstand your show who don't really, you know, from when they they tune in for the first time and they don't get it. They're like, oh, this is a Miss Lonely Hearts radio show. And then it's it's so much more. More than yeah, that. yeah. Uh, th- w- what we do, my producer Janie, who I I told you <laughs> off the air, is my person. She is yeah. my partner in crime, my best friend. Um, we've worked together for almost thirty years. Our prayer every day is God use us, use us in a mm. very troubled time, very dark world, to be a point of light. So when you listen, when you call in, when you connect, whether it's on Facebook or on the air. We don't ever want you to leave feeling less than. Right. Uh, You know, I'm not there to beat somebody up for their choices. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. I I am there to lift you up and to say, you know what? You're facing tough times. You will make it through. You will be stronger. You will overcome. And there is a plan and a purpose. There is a plan and a purpose. And like, you know, like you said, when... When you use those things to uh, be stronger, right? N- yeah. nothing's going to stop you. Well, that's what, what I mean by everybody's got something. We all have challenges and issues, but we also have everybody's got something to help. Yes. Something to get us through those challenging times that we've had. And also, I, I love, you know, because sometimes when, when I'm hearing a, a caller... And I'm also wondering, I'm like, what song is she going to play? <laughs> what? Because the music. What is she going to come what is she, with? What is she going to come with? And because that's the beauty of it, too. It's not just a story, but it's the music, the, the lyrics that the you. Lyrics. How do you decide? What well, song it's to a pick? very scientific process. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, my father was a musician, and he and my mother always had music on at the house, and then he was in a band. So I was exposed to music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and I got into radio in the 70s and started playing music, 70s, 80s, 90s. So I have this file catalog of music, <laughs> of lyrics in my head. So, And my father was the kind of person that when he was in a good mood, uh, 
if you ask him a question, if you said, you know, how much does that camera cost, Dad? He would sing, how much is that doggy in the window? window. Everything was yeah. tied to a lyric. And he was a lyricist. He wrote lyrics. And uh, my sister, who you met, mm-hmm. she, same thing. She has a plethora of lyrics in her brain, <laughs> and she writes lyrics, or she makes up stupid songs for all the kids and all her nieces and all of her nephews. And um, so that was just a way of life for us. Well, then when I partnered with Janie, who also has a background in music and is a little bit younger than me, so has a little bit different mm-hmm. taste and was raised in Boston, so she's not as into the country as I am. Right. Uh, t- between the two of us, we have like 10 bazillion songs <laughs> in our heads. So I'll say, for instance, I, I want to play Lionel Richie's Hello. Hello. And she'll say, no, we're going to play Adele's Hello, It's More Modern. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to... And I'll say, no, we're going to play Lionel Richie's Hello, (laughs) poo-poo head. And she'll say, no, I control your microphone and I'm the one actually putting the song on. And that's the scientific method that we use. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So if you called into your show and you shared your story, what song is the soundtrack for Uh, The song I Could Not Ask For More Mm. would be the soundtrack if I shared my story and, and and the things that I've been through. And just how I have been blessed beyond measure. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I got to go to the Pentagon, and I got to meet with the Madam Secretary of the Air Force. And I'm sitting there going, I am an uneducated woman from a small town in Oregon, sitting in front of one of the most powerful (laughs) women, not just in our country, but in the world. I mean, when you got to interview Barack Obama, you must have sat there going, Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, how'd I get here? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. And that's how I felt. I'm sitting there going, oh, my word. And, and at the end of the interview, she said, Delilah, is there anything I could do for you? I'm like, well, there is this little armed forces radio that I've been trying to get on for like 15 years. <laughs> she said, starting in two weeks, uh, you'll be heard in 177 countries around the world. Uh, on oh, armed forces really? radio. And because what you your message is universal. It should it be is. heard around the world. And I love how you sign off about love and all your books. You talk about love. What is love to you? To me, love is, uh, is putting selfishness aside and investing your time and your energy and your resources into being kind, which isn't always the same as being nice, being kind to those that you love. When we live in a, a very narcissistic society, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about me. It's all about, you know. Well, social media now, I mean, self, you know, the selfies, selfies. posting and all those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have a great life. Yeah. Hmm. And, but, you know, services, goods, services, everything is about uh, fulfilling our needs quickly. You know, the microwave generation. Mm-hmm. We want it. We want it now. Um, but, Daddy, I want it now. Uh, and so when you when you say no to self, and I don't mean in an unhealthy way. I'm not talking about being right. uh, codependent. But when you can say no to self and yes to caring, that's love. 
Mm-hmm. You know, love songs are great, and I love love songs, obviously, but love is so much more than a song or a dedication or a rose or a bouquet of flowers. Those are wonderful expressions of love, but if you aren't showing me by your actions... Right, by, the act- by your actions. By your actions. Yeah. If you're not honoring me, respecting me, being good to me, listening to me, accepting me for who I am, not for who you think I should be, but for who I truly am. That's not love. And mm. people say, well, you know, there's no such thing as unconditional love. And I said, there is nothing but unconditional love. If you mm. love somebody conditionally, you don't really love them at all. You know, if yeah. you have conditions. Right. I'll love you if, if X, Y, and Z. Or because, so, or right. when, or so long as. That's not really love at all. That's a partnership or a usership. A, and, it's a it's a contract, but it's not love. And it's the same thing when we say to ourselves, "I'll be happy when." Exactly. That's not. Come on. No. What, you know, we're all going to be waiting a long, a long time, a long time. time. And you, you, gosh, I just I got so many questions for you. And all you're making me think, but you, you're making me think of my mom a lot. And you know, she said we have more in common than not. And why do we focus on those things that really you know, divide us when there's so much more? that unites us. And when you're saying about unconditional and this and, you know, and, and understanding, um, being a gay woman, I don't want to be, you know, when people say, uh, I tolerate, don't tolerate me or any, don't, I mean, I understand you really. If you're think, saying I tolerate you, you don't really tolerate I know, me. And I know people, when they say that they think it's a good thing, I, yes. and I, I will give them that. I, I'm always, I'm an internal optimist. I, I look and see the good in everyone. But it's just accepting that we're not all going to be the same. Yes. We're not going to all look at things the same. And that's okay. That's okay. Could you imagine how boring life would oh, be? Oh, gosh. If we all looked at everything the same way Oof. or we all looked the same or we all worshiped the same or. And your faith is very, very important to you. It is. My faith is kind of the cornerstone of who I am. And. uh a lot of people, it, it, just like you say, you know, being gay, people say, well, I tolerate you. I get people that say, you know, I can't stand you because you're a hater. I'm like, why Why what? would you say that? Well, because I heard you talking about God. And so you hate me because X, Y, Z. And I'm like, um, wow. no, if somebody really knows God, you're, we're not supposed to hate anybody, yeah, right. not even our enemies, right. not even people who attack us. If somebody slaps us on one cheek, we're supposed to turn the <laughs> yeah, other cheek. Right. <laughs> so no. no. No, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Uh, but I do believe in the core of my being that there is a creator that created us for a purpose. Mm. And that purpose is to love and to be loved. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, that's that. Yeah, you that's boil it, it down, that's you put it. it in a pot and boil it down, that's it. That's what we all want. Exactly. To, to, to love and to, and to be loved. And to be loved. It's, and it's that simple. It's that simple and that is my faith. Uh, you know, that is my faith to love others and, and to use what God has given me, my resources, my time, my energy, to make life better for those that are hurting. I often say, and I, I say this especially to you, it is a privilege to be a messenger, to be used as a messenger. And, and your message that you get out to so many people, and I'm very excited that you're going to be in the Armed Forces Network. Oh. And I know I'm, I'm a military brat. My father was a your Tuskegee, father was the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airman. Airman. So I know that there are going to be service people all around the world who are going to be comforted 
Uh, Your dad, you. what a hero. Oh, my gosh. What a... I was very blessed. You're so blessed. I, I, you had a mama that loved you fiercely yes. and a daddy that that loved you and was a Tuskegee Airman. My, I mean, my, I, I, you know, people will say, what, Robin, what's the, the, the secret to your success? And success is, is relative. And I remember asking my, my mom, I said, you know, why have your four children? We've done well. And by well, I mean responsible human beings. And, you know, yeah, we make our mistakes, but we're... We're, uh, decent uh, but I make more. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. And I said, so what is what? What do you think? And you know, she was a longtime educator on the state board of education, all this. And I thought she'd give me some high browed, oh, you know, this, that, and the other. And she said, your father and I taught you children manners. And I thought, wow, something as simple as that. And it's true. It's, it it's is a, true. It's very. It's very basic. Uh, the things that, and it's kind of like how you were saying about being kind. To one another, and in this political cycle that we're in, and the, the the things that we are are seeing, when people are calling in, what is there any? I know it's across the board, but is there any one theme right now that you're hearing from people that they they need they need your guidance? The biggest theme across the board, from kids who call to grandparents who call, is with all of the technology that is at our fingertips, we are more disconnected than ever before. And people call me, the, the, the biggest theme is loneliness. Is the fact that they're in a partnership, or they're in a marriage, or they're uh, they have children, or they have grandchildren, or they're in grade school or junior high or high school? There's a little girl named Brittany who's called me every night for the last couple of weeks. Hi, you've called the Delilah Show. Who is this? This is Brittany. I am so happy that I finally get to talk to you. I've been trying to talk to you, and I don't know how she gets through because Robin, I get fifty thousand <laughs> politics a night. 80,000 on Thursdays and Fridays. This little girl has gotten through or sent me a Facebook message every night for the last several weeks. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the young adult that's mean to you? My sister, Angela. But I'm always nice to her, so I want you to put on a song for her. And I hope she's listening. How old is she? Oh, she's turning 19. And she's mean to you? Yeah, but I'm like, I don't care. She's my sister. She's the oldest. I still forgive her. You sound like such a sweetheart. How could anyone be mean to you? I know. I'm like, why are you doing that? My parents, they always yell at me. And I'm like, why are they yelling at me for no reason? She's 12 years old. And she's desperately lonely. Because her parents are busy Mm -hmm. doing their thing instead of parenting. And she's like, you talk to me a lot more than my mom does. You, my little friend, inspired me tonight. And I want to I wanna ask you to promise me that you're not going to give up. Promise me you will not give up, okay? That you will keep trying, that you will keep moving forward, that you will keep loving. Promise me that. Love is always the right answer. Yep. I'll call you afterwards again. Brittany, you can call me anytime. Anytime you want to call, call me. Wow. I have a five-minute conversation with the child. That says a lot right there. And, I'm, and, and I think across the board, that is what is crippling us, is we have lost the ability to connect in real relationships. And instead, we are spending all of our time and energy pretending in fake relationships. And what advice do you give her? What advice do you give people who feel that loneliness? 
I, I asked her, have you told your mama? Have you gone and snuggled up with her and talked to her and said, mama, I need, I want to talk to you. And she said, no, I haven't. Yet. I said, well, obviously your mom's not going to initiate it. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to initiate it. So just say, mom, can I have a half hour of your time? Start small. Mm hmm. And then start doing things with her, play cards with her, ask her if she'll read to you or just do something. And, uh, you know, we have to, as you know, I spend a lot of time in West Africa. Yes. And there, when you're in a village with no electricity and no running water, you have real relationships. You die if you don't have real relationships. So let me just explain something here. Delilah often makes connections in her conversations about things that matter in the world. That's just what happened. One second, she's talking about that little girl calling her show. The next, about West Africa. And see, the subtext is the same. It's about kids, because that's her passion, helping children in need. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. So as we were just hearing with my guest, Delilah, caring for kids in need, that's what she would call her greater purpose. That's actually the mission of a program she started called Point Hope. Their work is international, here in the United States, in Ghana, and as she is about to describe, at a Liberian refugee camp, which taught her an important life lesson. Tell people about it. You know, I go there, and in the refugee camp that I started working in in 2004, one out of four children died before the age of five. Just horrific tragedies, and yet there is still humor, mm -hmm. and there is still levity, and there is this, um, this undescribable love. And that's what we need to get back to, is unconditional, undescribable, overwhelming love. Not some ethereal, you know, <laughs> metaphysical, right, right. I speak love into the universe. <laughs> no, no, go mow no. your neighbor's lawn if they wow. just went through chemotherapy and they can't get out of the house and mow their damn amen, lawn. Amen. Don't, don't speak metaphysical crap if you are not willing to, when you see somebody at the grocery store, an elderly woman who's waiting for a taxi, say, can I give you a ride home? Mm. Can I, can I carry your bags to your house for you? Can I help you? When you see a mom struggling with two or three kids and you're getting irritated because they're making noise at the restaurant, go sit down next to them and say, can, would you, can I color pictures with you? Right. Yeah. Put Don't it into action. 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 It goes back. It goes back, back to, to love and action. action. You are also asked a lot about relationships, marriages, things like that. And what I... I have such uh, admiration and respect for you. You don't shy away from anything. And from the outside, someone would say, well, how can Delilah... She's, give advice. Give advice. She's been divorced so many times. <laughs> and, you know, one time she was married for six weeks. You know, so, wow. But you know what? 
because you don't shy, it's like how you just, you know, you didn't shy away from some people. I would bring that up and they look like, why is she talking about that? <laughs> but because of that, you are in a place even more so to talk to people. And you know, to, my six week failed marriage uh, probably was more life changing than just a, except for having my children. That incident probably blessed me and helped me more than anything else in my life. Because it was that situation that got me into a 12-step program, that got me into uh, a fellowship where I could say, um, yeah, uh, okay, so maybe I missed a few signs that, (laughs) um, you know, needles in the bathroom. Uh, He was a nurse. So, but I I started going to this 12-step program um, because I wanted to go throttle this person. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a God honest mm-hmm. truth. And they said you have to go to six meetings before you can have a conversation because he was in a treatment program. So I was bound and determined to go to those six meetings just so I could go throttle him. <laughs> and probably around meeting three or four, I shut up and listened. Mm. And then I went, oh, my word. Oh, my word. My entire life, I have been caretaking alcoholics and drug addicts. I have been codependent. I have been trying to rescue people who didn't want to be rescued. They just want, needed to use somebody. And that was such a defining thing in my journey and my path of life. And uh, I thank God for that six-week marriage. Mm. And the person that I was married to completed treatment, went on with his life, became a registered nurse, has had a very blessed, good, healthy life. Um, so uh, it was a it was one of those things that God brought me to for a specific reason. And that does not set well with a lot of folks. <laughs> but you know of what? Faith. I, well, oh, you know, every everything. I'm Presbyterian. I believe in predestination, that there is a purpose and a reason for everything. And uh, I have this (laughs) in my dressing room. um, I have this. This too shall pass. That's my. It says this too should this too shall pass. Now would be good. I understand you're bringing you to it, but can we get can on? Can we just get can on we, through can, this? Can we move on? Let's talk about your kids. Your my chill, kids. Your chill, I'm your talk about my babies. Yes, the way you talk so passionately about all of your children. Oh, all of my kids are so awesome. I, um, it blows my mind with my three biological kids to think how I was chosen to carry them and to be mama bear to them. But then when I add in my third or my 10 adopted, I think I look at all the billions of little miracles that had to happen along the way for that child to be placed in my arms Mm. and in my heart. And they're just, they're really, each one is so different, (laughs) but each one is so amazing in their own. Um, What a blessing. Yeah. You know, it's astounding when you hear about this kind of love and generosity. And I was reminded of a family from St. Cloud, Minnesota. I interviewed them for a special we did that aired on ABC called Thank You, America. These parents had fostered 92 children. Unbelievable. And get this, they had two biological children of their own and adopted a total of seven. 
couldn't wait to tell Delilah. Holy moly. She, yes, yes. And they have adopted the latest one from Africa. Um, had some has some really serious health issues and it took a lot to be able to bring their child over Evangeline. and they, they were just back on Good Morning America and we sent them to Disney World and and all those things but they were talking about how they were fostering and they couldn't do it anymore because they it broke their heart to have to let them go it did but they understood yeah. the need to give them a home for a time, for a time. And I know you've talked a lot about fostering and was it point for hope? point hope point, point hope. hope yeah yeah one of the platforms for point hope one of our main focuses is on the foster care system in America if there was one thing in America that I could change yeah. I mean there's a lot of things right. I wish that I could right. change but if there if if God just gave me one thing to change I would change the foster care system because it is broken at the very core. So I just need to explain something here. Of course, fostering children is one of the greatest gifts people can give. And there are many, many foster children who thrive. But the thing Delilah spoke to me about at length, what she means by broken at the core, is this. We have a foster care system that has serious documented problems. In fact, studies have shown kids who spend their lives bouncing from one foster care home to the next, those kids are more likely than others to encounter lifelong problems such as unemployment, homelessness, incarceration, and teen pregnancy, which happens twice as often to girls who have been in foster care. Delilah talked about the vicious cycle of poverty that goes along with these situations, about the young lives that can be ruined. And I got to tell you, one of the many inspiring things about my friend Delilah is how she's never afraid to question what seems wrong, especially when it comes to kids. She is always clear about what needs fixing. Take a listen. What changes would you make? I I would change everything. Uh, To take a child out of a family, to rip a child away from the family, and stick them in a house that they've never entered before, where they don't know a single person. What insane person thinks that's a good idea? Mm. What crazy person thinks, okay, this child has been beaten, or this child is hungry, or this child's mom was doing heroin. So to protect this child, we're going to rip it out of the mom's arms, or the dad's arms, and place it in an absolute stranger's house that they've never Mm. met before. And we're going to tell that child to call the stranger's mom and dad. We're going to put them in a brand new school where they've never been before. And we're going to expect them to be able to bond and thrive. (laughs) So just when they start to bond and thrive and maybe join Girl Scouts or maybe join the basketball team, guess what happens? They get ripped out again. They get ripped out again and moved again. With no warning, with no counseling, with nobody coming and saying, in four months, we're going to to move you. But over the next four months, you're going to meet the new family that you're going to go live with. You're going to meet the new classmates that you're going to go to school with. And we're going to make this transition as smooth as possible, honey, so that your heart isn't Mm. broken again. Mm. And you're going to be able to come back and visit this foster family. A child, a human being, bonds with a a parent figure. If that bond is broken for whatever reason and you bond again with a father or a stepmom or a grandmom, and then that bond is broken, 
And then what happens is mentally you cannot handle mm. another uh, g- grief, another loss that immense. And so you don't and you don't bond again. That shield, I must imagine, comes up and you guard yourself. You have to or you yeah. go insane. It's that simple. And I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it. Okay, so that's the serious side of Delilah, the one who feels other people's pain and wants to make the world a better place. And let me tell you, she fights the good fight because this no BS woman has more energy than almost anyone I've ever met. But considering how much time she spends counseling other people, what does she give to herself? How does she keep her head on straight? Well, I'm about to let you in on her secret something you might not expect. I know you, and I know that you have a fantastic sense of humor, which also comes through. <laughs> and you... Kind of sick and yeah, no, And you, when it comes to pranks and being punked, Delilah... You are, you, man, you just light up. I don't know why up. they call what? them practical jokes, because there's nothing practical about <laughs> having two tons of sand moved into I, your I, living room. No, exactly, because I'm saying your your pranks or whatever, those are not practical no, at all. No, hell no. They're epic, though. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, you've got to have, you've got to have that in your life. You've got to have, because I can imagine you getting all these calls, and as you said, you've got 55,000 people waiting to try and get through and talk to you of these 9 million people that listen to you. That you have to have an outlet, that you have to have something to go, okay, this is something. No, no, I even long before I was on the air. I mean, this is a childhood sickness, this pranking. My father did it. <laughs> I mean, it goes way back. It's we, in your genes? Yeah, it's in the genes. Okay. It's genetic. Yeah, it's not an outlet. It is a sick compulsion. <laughs> and here's the thing. My producer, Janie, is equally sick and twisted, but she does it under the radar. She doesn't have the show-off gene, so she likes oh. to prank people without getting credit for it. Oh. But I like, you know, I got the show-off gene. I have to go, hi. I did it. 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 Well, I'm not going to prank you, but we have what we call a little fishbowl here where you pick out the question and just from the heart, what you do, you don't think about it, you just answer. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, go. What childhood memory of yourself makes you laugh out loud? Oh, geez, there's so many of them. Um, Probably when I was going through puberty and I went from being a chubby little farm girl to thinking I was all that. Mm -hmm. In one year, I grew like four inches and I grew boobs. And (laughs) I just, you know, that 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 girl power you feel when you suddenly realize that the boys are paying attention to you. So I went to the county fair and I had broken my leg that summer riding horses. So I was in a cast, which meant I had to lay in the sun a lot. And I was almost as dark as you. (laughs) I had the blonde. I put lemon juice in my hair. Mm -hmm. I had the dark tan. I had the cast on. You were looking good. I was looking good. Plus, I had the sympathy factor going with the cast. Yeah. So we go to the fair, our family, and um, I may have eaten a corn dog or two. What you do. Right, sure. Maybe some cotton candy. Chicken wings. And then I went over to the Ferris wheel, and the kid running the Ferris wheel was so cute. Oh, my God. He was so cute. And, Robin, I may have batted my eyes. Oh, you know. Yeah, nah. So he let me on the Ferris wheel, and he let me ride and ride and ride and ride. And then Mm. my brother and sister got on the, the chair right below me. 
And we rode and we rode and we rode and we rode. And then he stopped and let them off. And I'm like, um, you really, I need to, I need to, I need to go. I, I need off. And he goes, okay, baby, cutie. Next time around, I'll let you off. Oh, I know where this is going. Okay. So yeah. I get to the top of the Ferris wheel. And I've probably gone around 30 or 40 times by now. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. The corn dogs. <laughs> corn on the cob. The elephant ears. Everything. Yeah. That is a memory that will stay with you. Ooh. And everyone down below. I oh. didn't miss anybody, including the cute boy running the ride. Incoming! <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then I had to do the walk of shame oh. through the crowd. Oh. Oh. I mean, it was... The most horribly mm. embarrassing horror, yeah. and uh, to this day, I just howl thinking about how my flirting got me in trouble. <laughs> and him, that, that should have been a lesson to yeah, you. It should have uh, been. Yeah, should have been. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. All right, but it wasn't. All right, one last one. Oh, okay. Okay, this is it. This All is right, it. All drum right, drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> You're so good. You get calls from so many people. If you could get a call from anyone in the world, who would that be? Well, Ooh. God, of course. Aww, of yeah. course. Uh, what would you play for God? Oh, my word. Um, amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. The, the sound. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I would yeah. play. But we'd have a good conversation, a good talk in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something if you could talk to him? Yeah. Well, I do talk to him all the time. Sure, sure. Usually sure. the answer is you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> well, I have often said there are three answers to prayer. Yes, which is always nice. Not yet. And I have something even better even in mind. Even better. Yes. Yes. How many times you were like, oh, I want it. And you didn't get it. And you're like, oh. And it turns out like, oh, gosh, I'm glad I didn't get that. Yeah. He, oh, he, yeah. He, he I had knew. a young guy call me the other night, in fact, who had just been a best man in a wedding. And he was so depressed. And I said, why? He said, well, I'm happy for my friend. But this is like the 10th wedding I've been to. And I don't have anyone special. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you ever given your heart fully in love? And he said, why would you ask me that when I'm just telling you how bad I'm hurting? I said, yes or no? That's a yes or no question. He said, yes, of course. I said, did you think she was the best thing in the world? He said, yes, of course. And he thought I was going to say, well, why did she dump you or whatever? I said, if she made you that happy, just think how wonderful the right one is going to oh, be. I love that. That's but it's true. true. It is so true. It's true. And if people just realize that about everything. Everything. Relationships, yeah. jobs, opportunities. If if you've ever glimpsed joy or happiness, just think how much better the next mm. thing is going to be, the next blessing, the next opportunity, the next you know mountain you're going to climb. It takes courage to believe the best is yet to come. It is. Woo! It is. I needed this today. I needed some Delilah time. There you go. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you. you. And thank you for sharing your something with us. And thank you for sharing yours with the world. Yeah. Delilah. <laughs> Had to do it one more time. One more time. Mwah. God bless you. Love Mwah. you.
Oh, that's it for our show today. If you want to learn more about Delilah's beautiful work with Point Hope, whose mission is to bring a voice to forgotten children, go to pointhope.org and find out what you can do to help. Also, I want to give a special thanks to the Harlem Gospel Choir for the gift of their amazing, amazing grace. And by the way, if you've gone through a something, tell us about it. We'd love to hear from you. You can write us at robinpodcast.com. Meanwhile, be sure to listen to all of our great conversations with people who have shared their amazing journeys. And please, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be so grateful if you take the time to write a review on iTunes. Thank you in advance for that. And many thanks to my podcast pod. I'm talking John, Steve, Josh. What up, Andy? Evelyn, Alex, Gabe, Danielle, Oh, Rennie, Ida, Debbie, and Jade. Ah, my village. Until next time, hot mess still blessed. I'm Robin Roberts.